to Boozy Banter with friends. I'm Layla. I'm Trisha. I'm Diane. Grab your favorite spirit and join us because shit's about to get real. (laughs) Hello! (laughs) Are you for real starting or are you just trying to trick me? I'm trying to trick you. Okay, do it over. Greetings and salutations. This is Boozy Banter with Friends. Uh, I'm not prepared for that. Really the true opening this time, Trisha. <laughs> Shut it. Uh, we got our cocktail tasting on a little early. We've had some good stuff. I know. And then we had to re-record a little snippet of our last week's we cocktail, did. which added to it this week's cocktail. And we're cocktailed up. <laughs> I would really say something right now. But you won't. But I'm going to be really refrained. Because Santa's watching. That's kind of creepy if you think about it. Well, you know, I mean, next week we're going to start diving into Christmas stuff. We are. Yeah. Which I, mean, I love Christmas. I know shit. you do. I, I, know. Know. I know. We've got our goth June Cleaver visiting. We do. And she's all super Christmassy right now. I just think I'm it's so absolutely excited. adorable that she is all like, I know, doing I know. the Christmas videos. So cute. It is so cute. So I cute. love it. I get great ideas from her. That's we're not awesome. telling. She'll be on next week. Yeah. You just have to wait. Stay tuned. Hold your horses. Hold your reindeer, folks. <laughs> hey, Trisha. What? Why was the snowman looking through a bag of carrots? Did you say licking? Looking. Oh, looking. <laughs> he was just being nosy. <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking today? What? Oh, you know what? What? We had the same cocktail again. We did. And you brought over this Rattlesnake awesome- Rosies. <gasps> yes. Apple pie liquor. It was so good. It is. I know we're into December and mm-hmm. technically we should be having more of uh, Christmassy drinks, but that's the last hang on remnants of fall, I think. It is. And Christmas calls for what we see? Cranberry? Peppermint. Peppermint. And eggnog. eggnog. All of which I can do in moderation. I like peppermint. Yeah, I do. It's hit or miss. It has to be a damn good cocktail yeah. for some peppermint. Eggnog, eh. I've never been like a real eggnog fan. Eggnog's one of those things, if it's strong enough, then you don't care. But that's all about the boo <laughs> but, you add to the right. eggnog. It's never going to be your first choice. No, because yeah. it's so, to me, it, to so me it's thick. so thick and heavy. Right. I love peppermint. I think that's one of my favorite smells mm-hmm. during Christmas time. It smells so fresh. Right. It f- smells light, but it also is festive. Right. So for me, I love a good peppermint candle. Right. I like peppermint in moderation. Cranberry, though, I like, it's got to be that sugared. Like, yeah. It's got to be a sweet cranberry i'm not otherwise it's tart yeah so tart not a tart and you're like oh it's a cranberry and you're like i made the worst mistake of my (laughs) the 
today. <laughs> like I failed today. Cranberry should only be a garnish. Yes, it should. It's so pretty. Look, as a it's garnish. floating around in there, but take my word, don't eat it because it's gonna fuck up your cocktail. <laughs> It's just for looks. But our drink tonight is Rattlesnake Rosie. Rattlesnake Rosie's apple pie. Apple pie. We did throw some cranberries in it because for looks. They're so pretty. Yeah, we did. And then I had some bourbon. Bourbon. And then some apple cider. It was really good though. It was really good. Yeah. What have you got for me? Happy holidays, (laughs) y'all. Tell me what you got. So I came across this story. Um when I had researched lots of stories and I kind of had it on a back burner. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and do this one. And as I was doing it, there was like one of my favorite people like popped up in the story. And I was like, holy shnikes. Really? Which totally made the story completely valid for me. After my favorite person, one of my favorite people popped up in the story. I'm like, I believe fucking everything now. (laughs) And you know how I am. I'm kind of like a fiver. When this person popped up, I'm like, believe it. Really? I do. Just just like that. Absolutely. Okay, tell me about it then. All right. So I'm going to tell you about uh, Once Upon a Time. <laughs> I mean, because we're in December, so you have to start with Once Upon a Time. Really? Even though it doesn't really fit the story, but I'm going to do it anyway. Okay, do it. Once Upon a Time, there is this small town in southern Harris County called Ellerslie. Southern where? Southern Harris County. That's in Georgia. Georgia. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's called Ellerslie. It's a quaint little community made up of subdivisions and classic homes. A town where not much happens except for a haunting that it's said to be one of the spookiest in the history of Georgia. The spookiest? The spookiest. Okay. In the history (laughs) of Georgia. So like 300 years or something? How long has Georgia so been around? Many, I don't know. This is like one of the first colonies, wasn't it? Maybe. I don't know. There have been documentaries made about this story mm. and even a movie called The Haunting in Connecticut 2, Ghosts of Georgia. <laughs> they couldn't just call it The Haunting no, in Georgia? No, they, they had to call it. It's Haunting in Connecticut 2. 2. Okay. It has nothing to do with Connecticut at all. At nothing. <laughs> Because they're not even touching each other. So far away from each other. Okay. All right. So back in 1989, a young couple bought their first home. It was a ranch-style three-bedroom brick home in Ellerslie. Now, the home had not been lived in for quite a while. Kind of been vacant. Kind of abandoned. Does it say what year it was built? No, I didn't. Um, I didn't deep dive that deep. Maybe it's like... A mid-century, yeah. huh? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you know what? They didn't really ask why the home had been abandoned because they were getting the property at such a great price. It was their first home. They found this house. Great price equals haunted. Well, <laughs> you know, it was their first home. They were young. They were like, shit, yeah, we fucking bought a piece of the American dream. Okay. They were just happy to have a house to turn into a home. It was a place where their daughter Heidi could play in the yard without them worrying about anything really happening to her. Um, shortly after moving in, Heidi began seeing a friendly elderly man named 
Mr. Gordy in the oh. yard. Want, and he wanted her to come play on a swing. Oh. Mm. At first, Heidi's mother, Lisa, thought it was someone trying to kidnap Heidi. And her husband, Andrew, like searched the neighborhood trying to find uh, someone who looked like this person that Heidi had described. So she was out in the yard like this old man, friendly old man, you know, Mr. Gordy. And Heidi's like all innocent, like, you know, mommy, you know. Mr. Gordy wants me to go play on a swing, you know, and of course, Lisa's like, what? I thought we were safe here. And then she calls it because it's back in 1989. I guess women, you know, leaned on their husbands a lot more. And she's like, Andy, you got to come home. There's a man in the backyard. (laughs) Anyway, her husband, Andrew, (laughs) searched the... Searched the neighborhood trying to find somebody that looked like the person Heidi had described, but couldn't find anyone. And of course, as any good parents would, um, Heidi's parents kept a very close eye on her and eventually passed off the stories about Mr. Gordy as her imaginary friend. Uh, Heidi described Mr. Gordy as an elderly man wearing a suit and a tie with shiny shoes, shiny black shoes, and long gray hair. She told them that he would come see her and tell her stories while sitting on the swing. Heidi's mom would say that she would see Heidi out in the yard with her hand raised as if she was holding someone's hand. And many times she would hear her talking to somebody, but never heard anybody talk back. Uh, So that all confirmed that she was, you know, she had an imaginary friend. Heidi said that she would see Mr. Gordy every day for the next few years until she was about eight years old. I think it was a little longer than eight years old, you know, because going back into the like going deeper dive in the story, I think she was actually older when she actually stopped seeing Mr. Gordy. So it wasn't just really at eight. But I mean, there's so much information out there that it's almost kind of like the telephone game. So you'll read one thing and then you'll read something else. And then a lot of things are like, wait a minute, this didn't really happen, but it said it happened. So there's a lot of lot of stuff about this about this story out there a few months later heidi answered the door to find a man named con mm-hmm. huh. okay. so heidi went to tell her mom about the man saying uh there's a man at the door he has white hair and a t-shirt with blood all over it and he had a bandage on his hand with blood on it and then of course you know Lisa, Heidi's mom, like freaked the fuck out. And she's like, you stay here. Don't don't go anywhere. But when she got to the front door, there was no one to be found. And she even searched around the outside of the house. So Lisa thought again, this was another one of Heidi's made up stories. So months went by and then Heidi was talked about Mr. Gordy more and more. And Lisa Andy thought Mr. Gordy and Con were actually the same person. Someone, of course... Heidi made up. Right. Okay. As time goes on, Lisa's sister, Joyce, purchased the property next door and soon moved in. So she's like, oh, look, my sissy is like next door. So Lisa told Joyce everything about Mr. Gordy, the bloody man. And her sister, Joyce, was like, well, that's kind of odd. Let me do some digging. So she wanted to find out a little more about who lived in the house before Lisa. Joyce found that the previous owner of the house that she purchased was named Kelly and got together to learn more about her sister's house. Because she's like, well, if this chick Kelly lived here for a long time or the family Kelly lived here for a long time, she doesn't know what happened to the people that live next door. 
So Kelly told her that a man named James Gordy had owned the house before and passed away in 1974. Actually, Mr. Gordy helped Kelly's, the Kelly's mom do a lot of paperwork. Like she like helped her with like the executor of the will. And like, so he was a very friendly, helpful kind of man. So after finding out about this, Lisa tried to explain to Heidi that, uh, you know, Mr. Gordy is actually dead. However, when Heidi heard this, she's like, no, he's not because he's real to her. He's really real to her. So Lisa actually found out where Mr. Gordy was buried. So Heidi was like, I want to go. I want to visit where Mr. Gordy is buried. Reluctantly, Lisa's like, okay, I'll take you to where Mr. Gordy is buried. Even though Heidi has never been to that cemetery before and she couldn't even read at the time, she knew exactly where Mr. Gordy was buried. Was he sitting there waiting for her? I don't know. Ugh, I don't so know. weird. So after that, the family decided to do a little more digging and found out that the lady next door actually had an uncle. Uh, his name was Lon, not Con. Oh. Uh-huh. And Con's hand or Lon's hand, was actually injured once in a cotton gin accident. And he died in 1957 from cancer. Going through old pictures, they found a photo of Khan. Um, So Lisa's like, okay, let me just see if this is who Heidi is really saying that she's saying. So Lisa tries to see if she can recognize the man um, she saw from old photos. So Heidi went through a stack of old photos and points out a man in one of the photos saying, that's the man, mom. That was the man at the front door. He was the one that had blood all over him. And guess who it turned out to be? Hmm. Con or Lon. 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 Which you could say Lon Con. Right. Yeah. So now Lisa is convinced that um, Heidi is seeing actual spirits and not figments of her imagination. Uh, Lisa said, when I found out his name wasn't really Khan, it was Lon, it scared me to death. But because I knew Heidi was really seeing something and not just making shit up. So with all the shit going on, they were like, what can we do to kind of like try to alleviate some of this tension in the house? And they wanted to get like a little distraction for for Heidi. So Andy came home with a brand new dog named Chief. Soon after, the dog would stare off into corners and hallways and then start to bark and growl. At first, they would go in, try to see what Chief was barking at. But it happened so often and that they were so freaked out that nothing was there that they're like, what the fuck is going on? Eventually, the dog ran off one day and was never to be found. Aww. Things started in the household to become more active when Lisa became pregnant. Mm. Hmm. Lisa and Andy started feeling very uncomfortable in their own home, and they also began to experience unexplainable activity in the house. Hmm. Mm. They started hearing objects move around the house, doors would open and close, and Lisa even watched a chair being pulled out from under the table and flipped over. Some nights, Lisa even heard voices speaking to her above the bed, calling her name. Oh. Or maybe talking about her. Either way. Creepy. That's weird. So not long after that, that uh, Heidi started seeing a dark, shadowy figure in the hallway and started having trouble sleeping at night. 
She told her parents that something bad was in the house and even Heidi wanted to leave. Lisa remembered the change in Heidi's behavior, saying Heidi was never scared of anything. She had never been scared of Khan. She had never been scared of Mr. Gordy. But when she saw the dark figure in the hallway, she was hysterical. Heidi said that the bad thing would make her room colder than cold and it would pull her hair. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So I wonder if Mr. Gordy and Khan were actually helping her or protecting her mr gordy definitely was right it didn't really the in everything i read there's nothing really about con like Mm -hmm. it one thing that i read said that con was more of an angrier spirit but i don't think that was the case i think it was like a dark shadowy Mm. spirit mr gordy definitely was like attached to the property he was attached to the and i'll get in that later uh but he was definitely like a protector. Right. Um, so even though Lisa and Andy knew that there were strange things happening around the house, unfortunately, moving was not an option. At the time, it wasn't financially possible for them to do so. And they decided to stay in the house a while longer. So a few weeks after Lisa gave birth, Heidi woke up and went into her parents' room saying her face hurt. There were three deep scratches on her face. Wow. Yeah. And at first, uh, they thought that Heidi might have done this in her sleep. However, a few nights later, Andy woke up with a pain on his side, only to find three deep scratches on his side, just like the ones that were on Heidi's face. Wow. Yeah. Creepy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the next night, he woke up to find three more scratches down his back. And it happened again the next night when he woke up to find three scratches down his chest. Wow. And Heidi had told uh, told her dad that it was the bad thing that had done it. Like, that's uh, all she could say. It was the bad thing. Wow. So feeling things were escalating quickly, they decided to call parapsychologist Dr. William Roll to see if he could help. They told him everything about what was happening in the house and about Lon and Mr. Gordy. So Dr. Roll was like, okay, you guys don't sound like you're batshit crazy. Uh I'm going to go ahead and come on over, do some scientific investigations with my investigatory skills. Right. So Dr. Roll came to the house and spoke with Heidi. Uh, He said that she came up with physical descriptions and with names that she apparently could not have obtained other in any ordinary way. So... That immediately made him interested in the case. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple pictures were found of Mr. Gordy, and the hope was that Heidi was able to identify Mr. Gordy from the pictures, among other photographs. Heidi correctly pointed out Mr. Gordy from one of the old photos, and for the second time, correctly identified spirits that she was seeing from photos. Wow. Hmm. So now Dr. Ola is like, Well, this is interesting. (laughs) Dr. Roll was certain that Heidi's experiences were real. He said, having spoken to Heidi and her parents, I'm even more convinced that we're dealing with here is genuine parapsychology, psychological experiences. Dr. Roll uh, believes that Heidi has experienced something called placed memories. Really? Mm. Yeah. That would imply that she has knowledge of something that Mm -hmm. happened. Okay. So it's a theory in parapsychology used to explain apparitional phenomenon. Hmm. 
A placed memory is like a recording of a person's energy that has been retained in the environment long after the person has died. Okay. So he's like, okay, so obviously she's experiencing something. So what's triggering this? Mm-hmm. So Dr. Rule decides to investigate the home for any odd factors that could cause Heidi's experiences. He wired the house with sensors and a computer would record all the data, hoping to find some clues as to what the fuck was happening. So he did find a spike in electromagnetic field in the middle of the night. And that was only in the middle of the night. Everything else was kind of normal. He also did some research and, there was also like ions, like a, an unusually high amount of like ionic activity, like around her room. Mm-hmm. So he's like, well, you know, this could happen. If you remember in our um, bloody, bloody Mackenzie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was one of the theories mm-hmm. that, you know, electromagnetic fields can kind of maybe play on a person's brain and cause right. them to kind of mm-hmm. hallucinate or kind of say things. So he also did further research and found that a fault line was near the property And that could be a factor. And given his research, uh, he thought that was a reasonable explanation, but he couldn't explain the scratches. Okay. And the hauntings, unfortunately, still continued. So after a while, Heidi just eventually became used to seeing ghosts, but she still didn't want to be left alone in the house. Like she was really feeling really uncomfortable. Heidi said spirits would start coming to her in different forms as she grew older, like humans animals and she said sometimes figures that she couldn't even explain she started seeing mr gordy less and less and finally she stopped seeing him completely wow that's as she was getting older Mm -hmm. um however the shadowy figure still roamed the house and of course it didn't help that the local media eventually heard about heidi And the girl that could see ghosts, and they actually scheduled, like a local reporter scheduled an interview, the Wyrex. And as the reporter arrived, he sent something was very off about the house, and it freaked him out so much that he left without speaking to the family. And after that, the whole community found out about the house and Heidi's abilities. And unfortunately, poor Heidi, you know, that gave her a lot more attention that she wanted. Like people were picking on her. They were saying, oh, you're just making this up. And, if you know, you're a kid, right. you know. So now remember that Lisa gave birth. Mm-hmm. So now there's another sister in the household. Her name is Jordan. Okay. So... One day, Lisa heard Jordan, which is the youngest sister, speaking to someone, even though, of course, there was no one home at the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jordan said that she was talking to a new friend that was a little girl. And after Lisa talks with her sister, Joyce, they realize, I don't know why they all of a sudden realize or if it was something that they always realized, but they realize that the activity may not be associated with the house like Dr. Roll thought but maybe with her family. Hmm. So it turns out they remember their mother used to talk to, looks to talk about seeing people and actually hearing voices. And they now believe that seeing spirits actually runs in their family. Okay. You just figure them figuring that out. Like, yeah. Why wouldn't you be I like, yes, because the sisters yeah. maybe couldn't. So yeah. it seemed far fetched, but you know, like other things. Like maybe no it one remembered. Like, like, hey, don't you remember? Mom used to be right. like. We thought she was batshit crazy. Mm. 
maybe she wasn't. Right. So mm-hmm. again, they called Dr. Roland, um, especially when Jordan was like starting to see shit. So right. even though he believed, he still believed that it could be environmental because he didn't believe in ghosts. He began to be open to the fact that maybe seeing spirits actually ran in their family. Because even though he doesn't believe in ghosts, he does believe in, you know, mm-hmm. mediumship and all those other things. So he began doing investigations. He talked to with various family members and found out that the family actually had paranormal experiences that went back for generations. He believed that both Lisa and Heidi both had psychic abilities And he's like, hey, do you realize that you guys might have like real psychic abilities, especially Heidi? Can I bring in a well-known psychic to do a reading on the house? And Lisa, she's like, yes, that's fine. I don't care what you do. I just need answers. So part of the agreement was that when this psychic came to the house, she doesn't know anything about the house. Mm -hmm. She doesn't know anything about the family. She doesn't talk to the family before she comes because they want to keep the uh, reading as objective as possible. So guess what? That psychic was Amy Allen. No. Yes. The Amy Allen that you guys always The dead vials Amy Allen. (laughs) I was like, believe it. (laughs) Believe everything now. (laughs) Totally buy it. It was Amy Allen. I was so excited. I was like, it's Amy fucking Allen. Amy picked up on a caretaker spirit spirit that was associated with the property and attached to the family. She also picked up on a little on the little girl Jordan had seen and also three dark spirits in the house. Her findings seemed to validate what the Warwicks had been experiencing for years. Shocking is Amy Allen. Of course she did. Although she agreed with Dr. Roll that the property did have like a high energy associated with it, which could, you know, help fuel some of the the activity. She also believed that it was also due to Lisa and Heidi being mediums. They both have abilities and the family could just not have moved anywhere and expect it to go to go away because they were like beacons of light, you know. And of course, as we remember Diane saying and a couple other people, like if you are a beacon of light, you are naturally going to, things are naturally going to be attracted to you. Right. What's really interesting is that Amy didn't believe that they were being plagued by demons. She believes that the entities that are dark or negative tend to be people that were just ass jacks in life. (laughs) She did not say that I did. (laughs) Ass jacks like murderers and rapists and serial killers. If they were very angry in life, they're still going to be very angry in death. And what's interesting is that she actually believes that they can manipulate how we perceive them by feeding off our fear. Wow. Which, if you remember in Bloody Mackenzie, the pheromones. Yes. Interesting, Mm -hmm. isn't it? It's all And, you know, Bloody Mackenzie was an ass jack. Uh Uh-huh. In life. <laughs> right. So was that means that he's not an ass jack in death? Mm-hmm. I mean, he very well could be. But even though Lisa's like, I don't I don't believe that because she's all believes in her faith, you know. So she still believed that the spirits were demonic and that she was terrified of what could happen next. They actually called in another psychic to come out, one that shared their belief in their religious faith. 
And a second psychic uh, did pick up on the three dark entities. One was in Lisa and Andy's room, one in Heidi's room, but it wasn't very strong because there was also like a protective spirit that was kind of like fighting it and kind of holding it at bay, which would have been Mr. Gordy. Mm -hmm. And there was actually a demonic spirit trying to get into Jordan's room. It didn't make it in there yet, but it was like, it was, he said, like, I don't see spirits, but I just feel things. Um, they confirmed that he actually confirmed that there was a portal in the fireplace, uh, in the living room where spirits could pass from well, one realm to another, which is exactly what Amy Allen said. Don't listen, Amy Allen. Like she, I would believe her. So the second psychic, this is what I don't believe. This is where I'm like, this is where like the two psychics go different. Yeah. The second psychic advised them to reach out to their pasture with prayer and fasting. He was certain that they could loosen the hold the spirits had on the family. Okay, so here's what I'm going to say. What did Diane say? You're going to need a lot more than just a Bible, a cross, and a candle to get rid of that shit. (laughs) True story. (laughs) Some fasting and prayer. That'll help shake the damn spirits off. Fuck that. That's the damn worst advice ever. I'm just saying. So who did the family go with? They reached out to their local pastor to bless them. And they had the church pray for them. So instead of listening to what Amy Allen told them about accepting their abilities and learning how to manage them, they had the pastor do some prayers for them. Like, you should listen to Amy Allen. That's all I'm saying. Damn candle and a cross and some fasting and prayers. (laughs) Ain't gonna get rid of shit. So the story of the Wyrex uh, become very famous with all the immediate attention over the years. There was a movie called, as I said earlier in the beginning of the story, Haunting in Connecticut 2, The Ghosts of Georgia. Uh, Heidi's story was on Unsolved Mysteries and even a Discovery Channel documentary. There was a book about her early years called The Veil, the Heidi Warwick story. She made appearances at several conventions around the world and actually helped her realize that she wasn't alone and that there was actually other people that went through similar experiences. So I guess that's like a good thing that came out of it, that she realized that she wasn't just isolated and she was the only one that something like this has ever happened to. So, of course, there's going to be skeptics, people out there that have nothing better to do than write hateful comment on paranormal sites. Look, if you don't believe, that's fine. You don't believe, but don't be an ass jack. Because you know what's going to happen if you're an ass jack in life, you're going to be an ass jack in death. Right. No one wants damn ass jacks in death. Nobody wants that. So even with all the media attention, Heidi has tried to live as normal a life as possible. She's now married and has kids of her own. She still continues to see spirits and says, most of the time, I've learned to keep a lot to myself. I don't really even notice anymore. You get used to seeing things for after a while. She really only lets the people that are close to her know what's really going on. And even though she has these amazing gifts, as some people call them, there isn't a day goes by where she wishes her life could be normal. She said, every day, I wish things would have been different uh, things would have ha- things wouldn't have happened because my life would be so different. I wouldn't be known for something like this. So, the haunting in Connecticut too, Ghost of Georgia, is partially based on what happened to Heidi 
and the Wyrick family. The plot, of course, differs from what actually happened to them. The part about the Underground Railroad and the serial killer was probably added by the filmmakers, you know, for flair. So if you want more of an accurate account of what actually happened, check out the book that was actually written by Heidi's aunt, Joyce Cathy, and Rebecca Harrington called The Veil, Heidi Warwick Story. And when did this take place? What's the time frame? Like the 80s? Like 1989. That's when they first moved into the house. Wow. Yeah, she was like four at the time. And what's going on with the house now? Is, are they still living there? No, they don't live oh. there anymore. She moved away and I think her dad passed. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, she's just trying to live a normal life. The whole description and story, except for maybe an association with the title, doesn't sound like anything. Yeah, there was a with lot. The movie. There was a lot about like the Underground Railroad and the conductor, and yeah. there was like a whole. And I think that right. was just like put in the movie for for flair because that had no basis. Right. Like of the what, whole movie, then. Yeah, that had no basis <laughs> of their actual, like her actual or the family's actual experiences. Wow. Mr. Gordy was in there, right? Um, but he was more of the guardian or protector. And that's it. She was just mm. one of those special people that could kind of see things, you know. Right. And then comes Amy Allen. <laughs> you and Diane always talk I about her. love Amy Allen. I have never watched. <laughs> I just think it's amazing that she does like this own investigation and she doesn't talk to anybody. And then like her partner, like they didn't mention him because I think this was like early on in her, her career before she teamed up with Steve. Like he does this investigation and she does hers and then they come together and it's like, how does she know all that? You know, as soon as I saw Amy Allen's name, I was like, believe it done (laughs) five to an eight, five to a nine and a half. I believe it. Oh, my goodness. And she's like, look, you guys have to deal with this. You have to learn how to protect yourself. You learn how to manage this. You know, you guys are mediums. This is you're not going to be able to just move away and think that the the activity is going to stop. They're going to follow you because you're beacons of light. And they're like, well, let's just get the church to pray for us. Was there anything about Heidi as an adult? Like, is she still attracting stuff? She says she still sees oh, things. Okay. Yeah. But she, she's nothing phases her. She says occasionally she still sees the, you know, dark figures and she knows when something is, is bad and when it's, you know, good. And she has a physical reaction to when things are bad. Like it really makes her sick. But wow. she, she doesn't really talk about it a lot because, you know, with all the negative negativity that she received when she was right. younger, she's like, I've, I've just learned to keep a lot of shit to myself because, you know, people are mean. Wow. Yeah. So that's, that's the story of the Wyrick family. Wow. Yeah. So interesting. Mm-hmm. I would have sworn... This was like in the 70s no. that you were talking about. So, yeah, no. 1989. Yeah. That's crazy. So she's not that old now. Mm-mm. There's there's a book about it. There's documentaries. Of course, the movie. Wow. Lots and lots of, of websites out there that sure. have rights up. I mean, I, could, I can't even cite one because wow. there are so many mm-hmm. out there. It's just a plethora of information out there. Wow. Yeah. That's really but cool. uh, I did not. I don't, I've never seen 
the haunting in Connecticut too. That's you know it was hard for me to wrap my mind around this I when you told me about it because it, it's not very good. Did you see it? Mm-hmm. You saw the movie. Yeah. Was there a lot of the Underground Railroad yeah, in there with yeah. the really yeah. with the conductor mm-hmm. that wasn't really a nice guy right. and like he ended up being a serial killer and exactly. Yeah, I mean, that was like the bulk of the movie. So that's not any that's that was added for flair because that wasn't wow. in any of anything. Wow. It's still an interesting story. It is yeah, to have for those sure. kind of abilities. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have any abilities at all. Me neither. I don't. Well, I don't know. Maybe you do. You just don't know you do. Well, say, likewise. I don't know. You might, be, <laughs> you might have a clear. Maybe. You might have a Claire. Yeah, we've talked about that. Yeah. You know, with my hearing of all the weird things. You might be a Claire. (laughs) I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Probably not a good idea to be as skeptical as me and find out (laughs) that there's lots of shit out there. Must be a radio on somewhere. (laughs) In the middle of the night that says only Trisha in my ear. (laughs) Trisha. You heard Grammy the other night. I do, I hear that often. Nowadays. Know? Yeah, yeah. But mm. yeah, always from a weird location. I know mm. exactly where he is. So yeah, it's weird. And he just doesn't talk like that. So it is weird that I do hear these weird sounds. It's like, why? You know, nobody's been able, been able to tell me why. Right. You know, when I ask, I'm like, oh, I hear somebody calling my name in the middle of the night. Nobody's been able to say. Are you on, <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's ever said like, oh, it's because of this or you hear this or they're just like, ooh, that's creepy. But no one's yeah. like offered up an explanation. So to me, it's just. Yeah, I don't think there's like a, a written test that you could take to see if you're one of the players. <laughs> I think people just admit to it. I don't know. I'm not there yet. No, you're definitely not. You brush it away as eh, eh, eh. I must have been dreaming and that something you know. was talking in my ear. Right. Yeah. You never know. I mean, it's okay to be a skeptic. <laughs> I mean it is. Keeps balance. It does keep some balance. Right. Well, that was good. I like that. Thanks. I love creepy shit like that. Good job. Thanks. So next week, we kick off Christmas. The Christmases stuff. For two weeks. The Christmas things. For two weeks, get two weeks of Christmas, because we're not going to shove it down your throat. We're going to do a little bit of Christmassy. Like, hey, we're festive. Hey. Just not as fun. For two weeks. <laughs> and then I, I am festive the whole month, but you're you're... I'm raining it You're in. You're throttling it back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying not to like, you know, overwhelm, overwhelm anybody. So anyways. I think you're doing a great job. It's hard. I know. It's just hard. Get so it. yeah, next week, Christmas cocktails, a little Krampus and uh Festive as fuck. <laughs> that's how we roll. <laughs> Until next time. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> hey. Like what you hear? Check us out on Instagram or send us a message at boozybanterwithfriends.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Later.